Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Very warm welcome to Headliner Radio. Today I'm joined by the frontman of British alt-rock band The Wonder Stuff, Miles Hunt. Uh, the band have a tour coming, a uh, UK tour coming up in July, which we're going to be chatting about today, amongst other things, all things music. Uh, Miles, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you. You're so welcome. It's a pleasure. Uh, where are you joining us from today, mate? And, I'm at um, home. Yeah. yeah, I'm at home in South Shropshire. Okay, cool. What have you been up to so far this week? Oh, I am... I, well, we're going to talk about, I expect, that the Wonder Stuff are going out in July um, to tour the 30th anniversary of our fourth album, Construction for the Modern Idiot, an album that I don't really play uh, oh, really? any songs from. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe three of the songs stay in a Wonderstuff regular set, um, and maybe three stay in my acoustic set. Right. So the other, I guess, nine tracks, I have, well... The, our drummer, bass player, and one of the guitarists, and oh, and the violinist have never played them. Uh, <laughs> and then Maltries and I, our guitarist, we haven't played them since probably 1993, the rest of them. Oh, wow. And there'll be also there's tracks on there that we've never played live. They're just on the album. So, um, it'd be interesting. So, been, so in answer to your question, <laughs> I've been rehearsing. <laughs> fantastic fantastic um before we dive in uh properly miles just for our listeners um you guys were one of the biggest bands in the uk sort of between the mid 80s and mid 90s um like you just mentioned your fourth album construction for the modern idiot released in 1993 um mm-hmm. so you've just re-released the record 30 years on done a uh, no no you... there's no re-release of okay it. i mean it's polydor a... records who own it i i don't think they even remember we were ever on the label um <laughs> And to be honest, I, you know, I, it go, I, my brother owns a second-hand record shop and he's been telling me you should get that repress because original copies go for like 90 quid, like a, a vinyl copy of it. And I'm like, yeah, but I wouldn't be getting 90 quid from it. Polydor <laughs> would. So I honestly couldn't care less. Um, so no, we've not re-released it. It's just 30 years since it was released. And it seems, you know, we've done it for the other three albums on 20th or 25th or 31st anniversaries. So, and this was an album that I've always said I would never do one of those kind of tours with. Cause, um, I, I never, it, it's not my favorite of the four albums. Musically. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, it's a, it's very much a co-written album with all five members of the band. And I think everyone did great work. Um, there's three or four tracks that I think I let everybody down really badly with very lazy, either from uh, on a sort of scale as very lazy to absolute rubbish <laughs> lyrics. Uh, and I know why that was. It was like at the time I was really happy. I was, I was married at a really nice flat in North London. Um, I had enough money to go out to a restaurant every night and did. <laughs> and um and and happiness is not a good place for me at least to to write lyrics from i mean nobody wants to hear how happy you are i don't know I d- it's true isn't I'm it i'm trying to yeah i'm trying to think is have i got any records where i'm a fan of someone that's just joyfully happy all the time <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm even recoiling at the very idea of making fists like 
You know, I don't want to hear how happy somebody is. I want a bit <laughs> of misery. I want some somebody to help me out in my worst moments. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So I was in a very happy pay, place. I had nothing to say from my own heart. So I was lifting ideas from books that I was reading or newspaper stories, and then putting those thoughts into a lyric. And there, and so when if I listened to it, well, I knew I'd done it at the time. Let's let's be honest here. So when I hear any of those particularly what I think are poor songs, it's like your heart wasn't in it and you should never have released this stuff. But musically, they're good tracks. Um, and then, of course, I've gone through life now. I'm 57 this year. And I've met people that are quite happy to say to a bloke that who spent his life writing lyrics, like hundreds of songs I'm, I'm talking now, right? People will happily say to me, oh, I don't really listen to the lyrics. <laughs> there is nothing more insulting anyone could ever say to me. Well, yeah. You know, you, I could have my sexual prowess, such as it is, you know, slagged off on the front <laughs> page of a newspaper. I wouldn't care less. You could tell me I've put on a ton of weight and look terrible. I couldn't care less. If you really want to insult me, tell me that you don't care about <laughs> lyrics. That's I've wasted my entire life in that in that case. Uh, but it also, of course, lets me off on uh, on on these bad examples on construction. Not the whole album. Just, I mean, just yeah. Despite all that, Miles, it, it is arguably one of the sort of most important indie albums of all time it's inspired a lot of a lot of work here and in the u.s um and i mean 30 years it's you know it's not to be sniffed at have you got any tracks that you do like on there oh no there are well, well bizarrely why it's got some of the worst tracks or the worst lyrics I ever wrote it's got the two best ones <laughs> okay so uh there's a there's a song called on the ropes which was the first yes. single from it yeah so i think that is one of the wonder stuff's finest moments and then the album closes with a track um called sing the absurd which why that's not a rocking track um and it was actually recorded for the album before it never loved elvis we just didn't have time to get it on the track listing okay um but i think that's probably in the top five songs that i've ever written mm -hmm. uh, in my own opinion so it has two of the best and three of the absolute <laughs> worst um so tell us a little bit about the tour um if you wouldn't mind you'll you'll be doing that album in its entirety you're doing two sets each night um mm -hmm. whereabouts are you taking it miles and have you got any sort of little surprises in store for fans that you can allude to maybe um which well, kicks off around 20 well on exactly on the 22nd of july in glasgow okay. and glasgow, then newcastle okay. liverpool southampton nottingham northampton oh well okay yeah yeah then we break for a bit um, and then in November, we reconvene to do the Shine On Weekender in um, Minehead. And there, there'll be two warm-up shows for that, uh, which haven't been announced yet. And then we do it all again with the construction gigs in December in Manchester, London and Birmingham. Cool. You can go to wonderstuff.co.uk and look that up. Um, and yeah, so we'll hit the stage uh, and play all 12 tracks on construction in order to the best of our abilities. <laughs> Then, of course, we we wrote 12 other songs for the album. So so I still don't understand why the actual the actual track listing of the album had these really bad songs in it because there were 12 other songs, brand new songs written that we put on the B-sides. So three B-sides per, so they were EPs really, per single. 
Uh, there's some gold on there, like absolute gold, um, that really should have been on the album instead of the nonsense ones. So then we're going to do a handful of those B-sides, and we'll, we'll, we'll stay on stage after construction for that. Cool. Do, cool. I don't know, five or six of the B-sides. Then I'm going out for a fag break for about 15 minutes, and then we'll come back and do, I don't know, another 40, 45 minutes of stuff cool. from other records, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, so if I just talk about uh, the band itself miles obviously it's yourself on guitar and vocals the only other original member standing is malcolm trace on guitar who mm-hmm. you, you just mentioned um tell yeah. us about some of the other members you've you've brought in sort of from other bands over the years uh because okay. obviously i know the, the original band parted ways in 94 sort of brought it back together in 2000 and um yeah yeah well of course like our original drummer and original bass are both sadly no longer with us in every sense of the word um, so it's impossible for us to have a, an original lineup gig. Um, our violinist, Erica Knuckles, who also ably assists me with the vocals, she's been with us, I think, since 2000, I'm going to say 2004. Okay. So she's coming up on, you know, 20 years of being in the yeah, band. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's amazing. She has her own solo career, Erica Knuckles. She's got three solo albums out. She also regularly tours with uh, the Proclaimers. Oh, cool. Uh, but most of the time is is taken up with being in the wonder stuff. Um, then, as you say, Mark Trees, original guitarist. Recently, we've added another guitarist who's my old friend, Mark Mark Gemini Thwaite. Mark's from the Midlands, um, much less me and Mark, but he, he lives out in California, I don't know, the last 20 years now. But he was in the Mission, which is, we knew each other vaguely in sort of a Birmingham nightclub scene yeah. when we were teenagers. We were actually born in the same hospital as well. Oh, right. So. Um, which is not a prerequisite for being a member <laughs> of the one stuff. Um, so, so yeah, Mark's been in where well, he's been played with Gary Newman, Tricky, uh, Theatre of Hate, Spirit, uh, Spirit of Destiny, The Mission. Yeah, yeah, I mean, wow. he's, he's just done so much brilliant stuff. Mm. So we're very lucky to have Mark in the lineup these days. Um, and then the rhythm section is Pete Howard on drums and Tim Saul on bass. Now they were in a band in the late 80s, early 90s, called Eat, mm-hmm. who were probably my favourite band of that era. Um, great singer-songwriter, Ange Doolittle. They, they had about four guitarists in over the two albums. Uh, all of them were brilliant. Um, such rhythmic stuff. And so Pete Howard and I uh, played together in a band called Vent 414 in the mid-90s. Um, and then when I asked him to join the Wonder Stuff, maybe five, six years ago, I also, we also needed a new bass player. And I was like, do you think Tim Saul would do it? And he was like, well, you should ask him. And I'm, I'm sure he'd be overjoyed to be asked. But for me, you've got like the greatest rhythm section that I can think of. I was so chuffed to get both of them to come and play. And, and of course they have, you know, they were in a band together for years. So they have a kind of a secret language that goes between them yeah. musically and otherwise there's a shared sense of humor uh, that I think I understand about 60% of it, but they seem to be having a really good time all the time. So so that's pretty amazing. So I think that's all of us. Yeah, me, Mark, Erica, yes. Mal, Tim, and Pete. Yeah. Yeah, uh, six so of it's you. a great lineup. Yeah. It's my favorite lineup that, that we've ever had um, in terms of musicianship and personality. You uh, know, Pete yeah. said the kindest thing when I said, Would you be interested in drumming for the one stuff and pete was really good friends with our original drummer martin jilks who died in 2016 and uh, was it 2006 good grief um 
Yeah, and and Pete said the lovely thing. He, he said it would be an honour to play Martin's beats, and uh, that's yeah, nice. And he, and he plays nice. them extraordinarily well. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, has it been quite nice to sort of keep the lineup fresh over the years, Miles? Do you know what I mean? And and bringing in sort of talent from from all over the board. You know, not really. It's been a pain in <laughs> it's been a pain in the balls. If Just I'm so, completely honest, and, it, the and logistics if any... of it. Yeah. <laughs> And if any one of the current lineup left, that would be it for me. There's there's, there's no way I'm going through, uh, well, putting anyone through learning 60, 70 songs that we play live. Um, I wouldn't do that. I can't do that to anyone else because it's a miserable experience to do it. And it's a miserable experience for particularly me and Erica are the ones that have gone through it the most. <laughs> Uh, of just watching a new member, um, you know, learn new stuff. So I I couldn't stand there and watch that happen again. And and so I think yeah, uh, it with this it, it will be called a day if anybody left. And it was always out of necessity, you know. I'd either argued with everyone, uh, whoever the le- the le- leaving member was at any one time. Um, yeah. So no, I I wish we could have had this lineup like twenty years ago and and not gone through the agony of <laughs> rehearsing new members. <laughs> it's safe to say the, ke- the chemistry is good then. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Good, yeah. good. Um, I'm curious about your your songwriting process, Miles, and, and whether that's changed over the years um, as well and, and, you know, how you go about starting a track. Um, has, has that process, like, changed or evolved for you at all um, and, like, the recording, you know, all that kind of stuff? Well, the recorded side of it as just like trying to keep up with technology as much yeah, as I course, can be bothered. Yeah. yeah, you know, rather than trying to get the money together to go off to a studio and then be working against a clock, of course, having a nice system at home yes. on a computer is really, really helpful. Um, but my process, no, I, I don't really have a process. I can be out walking with my dog and at a certain pace and a melody will appear or a drum beat or a bass line will appear. And then I want to get home really quickly. I'll record it into my phone, used to be a dictaphone. Uh, and then I'll get in and I'll, I'll try and knock something up as Lay fast something as down. I can. Yeah. yeah. Before I lose interest, really. Yeah. Which, because I've got a pathetic attention (laughs) or there can be other times where i'm actually on a rare occasion decide to sit on the sofa and pull a guitar off the wall and go yeah i'm mucking around with this and i don't know what tuning i've left it in so you know it's an idea can just just arrive less more so than it used to Mm. but i think i don't i actually i mean when i released my last solo album things can change in october last year i said it's going to be my last album and i still think that I um I think if the rest of the Wonder Stuff wanna knuckle down and get some ideas together for a tenth Wonder Stuff album, I'd be I'd like to be part of a, a team. Yeah. Writing a record, but I don't want to be team leader or coach anymore. I, I just can't be asked. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of I mean, it's easy, um as opposed to actual having an actual job. It is easy, and I'm really fortunate that I'm in this position after all these years. But it's kind of emotionally exhausting and and the returns I get on it now because so few people buy a physical copy. So I don't really see a decent return in it. Yeah. I just can't be asked um but to, to drive the whole thing myself anymore. Well like, I think I've done enough. I was gonna say, having done it for what, thirty seven years yeah. or something, it's um 
Yeah, what's, what's in it for me? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The novelty's uh, novelty's worn off a little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, it's um, obviously it's been a it's a it's been a long journey for you guys up to now. Um, have you? Uh, it's a bit of a loaded question, Miles. But have you got any favourite moments from over the years, or any highlights that really sort of stick in your mind that um, that are really sort of fond memories from the band? It, or not? <laughs> not well. I think no. I think unless they immediately leap to mind, I think I think the answer is no. I think the, the most important um, way that I look at it is I'm just incredibly fortunate to still be able to pay my bills from making music, you know, and mm-hmm. so that's an amazing feeling. And, and and I I think I think I still think the the greatest experience I'll get out of this is still to come. Um, I was just talking to a neighbour while I was out walking the dog the other day and they were saying, what are you doing this summer? What you got coming up? And I think I think my, my, my regular friends that don't really give a damn whether I'm in a band or not, like neighbours, you know, like mm. they, they're asking that question. Is, oh, you, have you got a nice holiday coming up? That's what they mean. But no, I, I'll actually go to work <laughs> such as it is in, in July. And, yeah. oh, are you looking forward to that? And I'm like, you know what? I really am. And the aspect that I'm looking forward to is being with my friends again. Yeah. yeah. You know, being with the members of the band, being with our, our, our row crew are just amazing personalities. And, um, so I think, yeah, my happiest memories of being in the wonder stuff are, are always ahead of me. Yeah. Good. I'm just, that's, that's just nice. looking forward yeah. to stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's good. That's good. Did, um, cause I know you guys have been touring a lot, um, sort of over the last 10, 20, 20 years, but did mm. you, is this the first time you're going out since COVID? And like, no, we like went properly. out last year. You were out last yeah, year. Okay. Yeah, last June we went out and did like thirty first anniversary dates of Oh cool, um, yeah. Of Never Loved Elvis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, great, great. Um again, another slightly loaded question. It's one that I that I ask um a lot of my guests is you know, having having done this for quite a while, you must have seen the music industry evolve quite a bit. The actual, you know, the industry itself um yeah what's the biggest way you've seen things change uh or evolve or devolve um, it's devolved it's it's completely devolved the yeah. tech giants came in uh okay it all goes back down to the idea like they it, people like steve jobs uh and the rest of them they they were looking for something that they could sell computers with and and sell hardware with and the pickings were so easy with music to turn into a file of a certain size and then hook people into buying their music digitally or stealing their music digitally or renting their music digitally now to my to my point of view it's they had no business sticking their greedy noses into music um it it had existed like the pop music industry i suppose had worked perfectly well. It had gone through various changes, you know, since, I don't know, let's just go back to the 1950s for convenience mm. of Sinatra and Elvis and then on to the 60s with the Beatles, et cetera. And it had worked perfectly well for half a century. Mm. And then along come these greedy bastards that basically just see, oh, we can turn that into an easily shareable file yeah. and then that will line our pockets, which is how it all starts. Um, and then you get, um, you know, equally as vile people like Spotify that come along and make it even worse. Um, 
And the record companies and publishing companies were so exhausted of fighting these tech companies and shutting them down and spending money on legal cases, they gave in. They gave in. They The people that should have protected people like me and future me's, so people who actually write and perform music, um, that seemingly all human societies have a version of music in them, and, you know, humans still enjoy that. And it, so it's not going to go away mm. Uh, and the system didn't protect the people that make the music mm. and they, they protected themselves and they sold us out to tech giants who get wealthier and wealthier and wealthier whilst more and more, I, you know, I'm not angry for my, for myself because I've had 37 years out of it. But future artists, feel, like you say. But future artists yeah. won't get three, four, five album deals that develop them. You know, if you look at the sales of people like U2, and arguably this would have been a good thing, you know, U2's first, second, third album didn't really sell that well, but they'd got a record deal and people at that record company that were developing this band that could see the talent, and then you end up with a multi-multi, you know, million-selling band. Yeah, yeah. And I just don't think that can happen again. No, I don't it, think so. It, it so. really can't. Um, certainly the tech giants are going to get wealthier and wealthier. And also now we have a generation of younger, younger people than me that actually think music is worthless in terms of it has no worth. Well, to that point, um, I've been reading a bunch of stuff this week about all this AI-generated music and how they mm-hmm. can literally pinch a vocal um perfect perfectly and just uh just make a song with it um for a yeah. computer and it's like you don't even need to you don't even need to record those vocals it's it's literally just plagiarizing some, yeah some, i mean someone you can choose work, your, you it? can choose your singer as well i mean i've just yeah, yeah. heard of um uh is it god only knows beach boy song sung by paul mccartney yeah. and you know you're played it and you go yep yeah, that's paul mccartney Sounds singing real. Yeah. it ain't it's crazy it, isn't you know, it it's, cra- it's actually yeah, crazy so, um yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's a mad world, the whole streaming thing as well, like you say, and uh, I think it's just going to be a bit of an ongoing debate, really. Um, it's uh, it's weird how technology. I think at a roots level, there there will always be people who want to form bands or whatever new version of that is, uh, and will want to perform in small rooms for their friends, build up local followings. I think I think that's in still going to be in a, li- a lot of young people. Mm-hmm. But it's, can they make a life out of it? Yeah. Uh, like someone from my generation was lucky enough to do. And I think it's a shame it, it didn't need messing with. Mm. You know, it was pure, purely the greed of the tech giants yeah. that fouled it all up for everyone else. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, is there anything else in the pipeline that you've got coming up, Miles, other than the tour, obviously, which I'm got sure a bunch is of taking up a lot gigs. of your time at the moment? Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I got a bunch of acoustic gigs that I, you know, I do two or three a month. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. yeah. So if anyone wants to look that up, just go to thewonderstuff.co.uk, and there's a tour page that lists my acoustic shows rather confusingly in a chronological order with the wonder stuff shows as well. So, right, okay. uh, so the wonder stuff aren't playing in Macclesfield this coming <laughs> Sunday. I am. So yeah, so it's, it's all there. And I like doing that. It keeps my hand in, keeps me fresh. I, you know, I, I sit on a stool for 90 minutes. I tell a bunch of what I hope are funny stories. Uh, and I play songs from the beginning of my life in music to, to write up until yeah. new songs that I wrote last, last year. Sounds like a great gig, and, mate. 
Yeah. yeah, people seem to go away quite happy. You know, no one's punched me out or asked for their money back yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. We'll have to see what the Macclesfield crowd's like. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. Well, it sounds like there's loads going on at the moment, Miles. Um, lots to look yeah. forward to. So that's um, that's good. So you are busy, really, contrary to what yeah. you said at the uh, <laughs> busy as <laughs> at I the start be. of the. <laughs> yeah, busy um, as I want to. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's been great, and um, thanks again for your time. I think that's a nice place for us to uh, to wrap it up. Um, for the purposes of our podcast, we will say our goodbyes and uh, hopefully catch up very soon. Definitely. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks, buddy. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.